Blog Talk Radio. Alrighty, hey, 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 good evening, good afternoon, or good morning. It all depends on the part of the world you are listening. Namaste, thank you, welcome, welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show. I am Will Green. Uh, it is October 8th, 2020, episode 13 of the new third season here at the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show, Thursday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Thank you again for coming in. Uh, before we get started, I'd like to remind uh, everyone, and I guess maybe I should have, uh, I'm not going to do that, um, but just a reminder before we get started. Uh, me and my dad, uh, who will be coming in later on, we always like to remind everyone, uh, grab a pen and pad, a pencil and paper, a market post-it note, whatever you got. You may have questions. You may think about something. We don't want you to lose the moment, or maybe you can even share the moment. So pen and pad, pen, pencil and paper, a marker and a pen, a post-it pad. I got a bunch of post-it notes. And some, even if you got some old envelopes, some old used envelopes, you know, um, 
you open up, you know, especially the ones with the bills, you know, flip that energy around because you just tore it apart. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but funny thing about the envelopes. But anyways, uh, maybe when, uh, you know, my dad will come in later on, we might talk more about envelopes. But anyway, um, again, I am Will Green. Um, I was writing my notes um, for today's show, tonight's show, and um, just trying something different. And I had this, I am, you know, I am Will Green, like Will I Am. That's so cool that dude came up with that Will I Am. And I'm like, oh, I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> you know? But it's cool. Because then, if you know, maybe if I thought of that, I wouldn't have this, and I wouldn't have you all. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> uh, the whole "I am" made me think about affirmations, and you know, I—it's been a few weeks since I've asked, um, "How are your affirmations going?" I've kind of forgotten, as you see, a couple of weeks, so I haven't really been getting my morning affirmations going, or, or, or evening affirmations, if you might be honoring the passing of the day. So uh, just as I'm reminding my, myself, I'm reminding you, vice versa, what have you. Um, you know, just remember, you know, it's uh, very powerful what we add on to that I am uh, empowering. Uh, so, yeah, just a reminder. How's it going? If it ain't going, then get it going. Get it going. Um, hey, also, just to let you know as well, um, you know, this isn't just a normal podcast uh, here at the Greenhouse Effect radio show. Um, try to be as interactive as possible here as a talk show. And this, unlike other podcasts, give you, the listeners, an opportunity to actually chime in and be a part of the show as well. So, um, you know, I think I speak for my dad, Bill Grady. You know, we invite everyone to uh, chime in, rather be dialing in at 516-453-6094 and pressing 1 if you want to chime in, press 1. Or using your free Blog Talk Radio account, you can listen online, you know, and um, holler at us in the chat room, which is open. So, um, yeah, press 1. If you're listening or you're dialing in, uh, like I said, if you want to chime in, uh, you want the rest of the listeners to hear maybe the power of your effect. I've been doing a lot of power of your effect, if you may have noticed, a lot of hashtags. Um, you know, the greenhouse effect, the power of your effect, how we affect other people in a positive way. Um, the play on words, the greenhouse and the scientific aspect. It's, it's all about how we live and how we grow. So that's what we do here. So share the power of your effect. Chime in. Um, it's been, you know, another interesting seven days. My dad and I were talking yesterday. Um, and just I had a moment of reflection in, in our discussion. And looking back maybe about five years ago and doing this show, um, I remember there were weeks when like nothing was really happening. You know, like I remember one show I had to make up something. It was like what the hashtag or something like that. Adam Miller, I saw you popped in, but you, you dropped out. I hope you come back in. 
But my man, Cuzzo Adam, carried me on that one. <laughs> I was fading fast. It was just nothing to really discuss. Was it nothing happening? But man, it's something happening every doggone day, right? You know? Um, but, you know, me, we, you know, we always hope that everyone is, is doing well, that you're faring well, you know, and that you're able to, as we talk about, find the balance needed to, you know, continually de- developing a better you. Um, it's, like I said, a very interesting seven days already. So again, welcome. 13th episode, episode 313. We titled this episode Bastet, uh, Who Moved My Cheese. So if you all are familiar with the show here on uh, this season, I've titled these shows based on deities. I started out with the comedic deities, the early Egyptian deities, and um, I kind of broke that and went into uh, deity Asani from the Ashanti tribe in Ghana. And then last week, I introduced Oshun. Uh, if you're familiar with Orisha and the Yoruba uh, tradition. So um, I wanted to come back tonight to the Kemetic uh, deity and talk about Bast or Bastet. And I've mentioned Bast before. <laughs> I cannot find those notes. Uh, cannot find those notes where uh, I was talking about Bast. Um, I think it was... It may have been on Wednesday's show on Dysfunctional by Design uh, with my dad. Ooh, hope you all can still hear me. I just pulled the cord there. Um, I, yeah, I think it was right after, right after Brother Chadwick passed. But um, I, I, I wanted to come back um, to the realm of the comedic deities and um, – talk about Bast. And so I was doing some research for the show, you know, Google searching, you know, ideas. Um, I'm not going to really explain the thought process because it's complicated. Well, it's complex, not complicated. (laughs) Um, Shout out to Brother Dorian and ATL. Um, So I was Google searching gods, you know, and God of something, you know, thinking of emotions, responses, stuff like that. But what was interesting was you type in this search, if you will, quote unquote, and the immediate response you get are Greek responses, Greek deities, you know, Greek deities right off the bat. Oh, this is what you're looking for. You know, the stolen legacy. If you don't know that book, check out stolen legacy. You know, so it's like, man, you know, I don't want those deities. That's not who I'm looking for. I'm looking for the ones they learn from. So anyway, so I was doing with the comedic deities. Then I was watching the Black Panther, too. Um, I didn't get a chance to really watch it when it came on Channel 7 like everybody else. And uh, my Disney's on my fire stick, and I haven't had a chance to hook up my fire stick since I've moved into my new place. So just, just last night. I finally got my fire stick hooked up to the Wi-Fi, and I watched Black Panther. 
And it just so happened. It's just sometimes there's no explanation. Just things happen the way they happen. I'll tell you this. The the coincidence, this is, yes, that's not a word, but just the coincidence and the way that things flow. But anyway, so, you know, they talked about Bost. And Bost was the, in the story, in the beginning, uh, that spoke to the, uh, the warrior that would become king, right? And become the black, the first black panther. So Bast, B-A-S-T, or Bassett, I think it's Bassett, B-A-S-T-E-T. So it's either one of those spellings, and there's some other spellings too, if you want to go further down that rabbit hole, but this is so much easier, and it's very familiar, you know, Wakanda forever. <laughs> so I mentioned Bass before, um, again, when we were talking about the Black Panther, uh, but we were also talking about uh, the Daughters of Ra, and we mentioned Sakmet and Hathor, or Hutair. Yeah, Hutair. So Sekhmet and Hukher were daughters, if you will, of Ra. And Bast, Bast was the third daughter. And it was these three that um, when you hear the stories about the Eye of Ra, um, it's, it's, they're the ones that are all associated with that. Um, but Bast is the Egyptian goddess of the home. Uh, you all are very familiar, actually. You've seen, um, like, um, sculptures of, of cats, um, the worship of cats, and things like that. So that's where this comes from. Uh, Egyptian goddess of the home protects home from evil spirits and disease, um, especially disease associated with women and children. Um like we've talked about a lot of other deities in recent in, in past shows, um, Bath also uh, played a role in the afterlife as a guide and helped the dead, although that really wasn't her primary duty. Um, as I mentioned, Ra's daughter. Um, so with the eye of Ra, it was like when in, in another show we talked about Sekhmet, I believe, when we first talked about her. Um, and the, the, um, the, the destructive nature, if you will, um, that they had to unleash on the humans. And it was these three, you know, when the eye of Ra opened and, you know, the infidels were punished, it was these three that came down and rained down on them and, you know, mass destruction. Um, but it was from from what I've seen, it's like Bast is like the less uh, how do you put it the less aggressive of the three. But I mean, you know, when they all get down, it's you know it's game over, game over. But like when they got to calm down and uh, kind of like when they you know when the Hulk got to turn back into Banner, you know, it's like it's easy for her to get everybody to calm down. <laughs> So it's very, very interesting. And again, it's just funny how um, we've, we've begun this whole journey of this new season of the Greenhouse Effect, and we're able to talk about these deities and the connections to um, what their symbolism is and uh, looking at the state of the world that we're in right now. So it's a 
quite a journey. But uh, in talking about the stolen legacy of the Greeks, the Greeks associated her with their goddess uh, Artemis, A-R-T-E-M-I-S. I hope I pronounced Artemis correctly. And they believed that uh, Artemis had a twin brother, Apollo, right? So they figured that if Artemis has their twin brother, Apollo, then then Bas should should or have a brother. So we're going to associate Apollo with Horus, you know, and we talked about Horus. And then, then they're like, oh yeah, not, not only are we going to flip it with Horus and, and, and use, use him and, and give him, you know, give more uh, uh, stuff for Apollo. Cause you know, they're going to take everything and make Apollo even better. Um, then they had the nerve to rename Bas. Uh, it's like Bas Bas Be Aset, I think. Bas B A S T, um, Ba B A. Uh, that apostrophe sign. I don't know the correct word for that. Um, and uh, A S E T meant like the soul of Isis or something like that. But it's just really interesting, you know, the stolen legacy and uh, the Greeks are, you know, flipping stuff and then they're going to even rename it, you know. But it sounds very familiar, doesn't it? But uh, anyway, you know, she was really loved a lot by her worshipers, but they feared her too. They called her the Lady of Dread, the Lady of Slaughter. <laughs> you know, but like I said, uh, she was kind of like the the less of the aggressors. Um, we talked about, in the beginning, we talked about living in this world of isfet, right? In this world of chaos. Um, in some stories, Bast is the one who decapitates Isfet, the giant serpent, with her claws, her cat-like claws. So, um, you know, so you know that's Bast, and it, it's interesting because I believe she started out more of like a of the lion, like with a lioness type look, rather than more of a feline like we know now look. Um, just like she kind of they lost, she lost trace of that and as far as the form, if you will, um, was really sure how to explain that. But I think you all know if you, if you've seen Egyptian, uh, literature and, and hieroglyphs and stuff, you know, there's the top of the head has a, an animal like figure or something like that with the human body of some type. So, um, you know, her started out more lioness, but then it became more, like I said, of the cat, like we know, like today. Um, but, you know, to me, she's, you know, the Black Panther goddess. <laughs> kind of sad, but hope y'all put your arms together. You know, so that's Bost. <laughs> so, uh, I hope you all enjoyed that introduction there again. So I hope you all are doing well, were able to um, uh, grind through that with me. I hope you all, again, are faring well. Um, you know, it's uh some 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 challenging times, you know, um, as as we talk about. Um, again, as a reminder, September was uh, September was suicide awareness, and I bring that up because I know a lot of us are battling depression, or we know people battling depression, a lot of anxiety and things like that. So again, just a reminder, you know, um, in our efforts to promote and encourage wellness mentally, emotionally, physically. You know, these things we would like to bring up to 
bring awareness to make sure you're comfortable to feel supported in whatever challenges you have. Uh, this month is breast cancer awareness, domestic violence awareness. So again, we're talking about wellness of the physical. You know, with issues of depression, we're dealing with the mental. Now we're talking about the physical breast cancer awareness, domestic violence awareness. And again, before this epidemic even started, there were already issues of domestic violence. You all have heard my stories and my issues with, like I said, the NFL, and I try to do, you know, what I can to support uh, awareness uh, for both. Um, And we're also in the support of spiritual wellness, too, you know. I guess it would be spiritual wellness and spiritual warfare, uh, looking at old Vice President Pence last night. (laughs) Ah, Igor, get this fly off my head. (laughs) This is not a good look. Oh, man, so we're about 20 minutes after the hour. Um, Pretty soon, um, we'll bring my dad, Bill Green, in for a moment or whatever for the rest of the world. We'll bring him in in a moment. Um, it's always good bringing him in. So much fun. I'm so blessed, you know, to have this opportunity and, um, to work with him on this. And, again, if you guys know of any father and son shows like this, let us know. Um, but, you know, we can we can – we can do some things, but in a, in a previous show, uh, dad and I talked about him. Um, I talked about intent versus impact. And he was like, yeah, that's, that's a good thing to, to talk about as well. So I, I wanted to just touch something real quick before we move on to the rest of the show. Um, I originally talked about intent versus impact here in Chicago. If those, if you weren't familiar with that previous show, there was a, a gentleman here, His nickname uh, here in Chicago is the Dreadhead Cowboy. What he did was he rode his horse about seven miles on the Dan Ryan Expressway uh, in a a moment of setting awareness, of bringing awareness to the children that are getting killed here in Chicago. Um, You know, just recently a 10-year-old girl just got shot in the back of the neck and um, somebody, a uh, young leader just died recently too. I'll maybe get on that in a minute. Well, I'm getting to all that. There's a thing that I'm getting to. So we've talked about intent versus impact. His intent was to bring awareness to the situation that's happening in Chicago. But the impact was that there were a lot of people who missed the message that he was presenting, and they were more concerned about the horse that got injured riding seven miles on the expressway. And it became more of an animal rights um, focus than focus on what's happening here in Chicago, right? So intent versus impact, that was the thing. Uh, something I think that we should all be aware of in whatever statements and whatever posts you make, whatever uh, things that you champion, movements that you champion. And you know, sometimes I forget too. Sometimes I know I'd be posting something and I'll see my dad's comment. He'd be like, uh, I don't know where you're trying to go. It's, it's like you on your own. <laughs> and, you know, um, the intent is there, and sometimes we forget about the impact. So I'm bringing this up because I just see 
Um, and I was going to bring up this movie last month. If, I'm sure you all are familiar with this Netflix movie, Cuties, or that's the translation of it. And um, Netflix was indicted by a Texas grand jury for the film, right? Um, just real brief, the complaint said, like, Netflix knowingly promoted visual material that de- depicted the lewd exhibition of genital or public area of a clothed or particularly clothed child who is younger than 18, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that was the complaint. Now, of course, those that support the movie will say that it's a powerful story about the pressures of young girls that have to deal with, like, um, social media uh, and stuff from society, basically, um, and and from society more generally growing up. Um, And the movie is a social commentary against the sexualization of young children. But when you look at the poster, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I hear you. The movie's a social commentary against the sexualization of young children. Okay, I understand that. You know, I, I, I get the story. Um, you know, um, in double standards in Hollywood, you'll have movies with boys, and they call it a coming-of-age movie, right? So with this situation, it's about these girls. Um, and it was very difficult for me to watch the whole movie um, just because of the visualization that was put in front of you. I just was not comfortable with it. But I understand why they presented that these moments of being uncomfortable for the viewers. Um, I thought it was more of a message, um, and I don't really think that it was supporting uh, pedophiles. I didn't see it as that. Um, but my thing was like, social commentary against sexualization, but your movie poster is clearly showing sexualization of the children based on the poses they have, even though you can't really, it's just the presentation of the poster. You know what I'm saying? That's was like, yeah, dude, okay, but your first approach was like, no. You know, if you look back on social media, people are just posting the poster and the response is like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But again, the double standards. So, you know, the question I have for you in looking at all this, um, you know, talking about intent versus impact, and it's just, you know, in talking about our children, you know, do our children have, uh, I don't know, the proper tools? I don't know what what would go in that, uh, you know, in those two fingers there. But do they have the, the proper tools to grow up healthy now in our society? What does that mean? You know, how does that work? How does that work based on where you live? How does that work, I don't know, based on your household, whatever. Um, but, you know, in looking at this movie, again, as I mentioned, the double standard, because if you look at the, a movie called Good Boys that came out not too long ago, they will call it a coming of age. And, you know, ignorance is bliss. Boys will be boys. You know, you got these kids, these little boys on their bikes, you know, on their bikes, one of those kids on their bikes kind of things, but one of the kids goes in his parents' room and they find sex toys and um, they don't know what they are, you know what I'm saying? But it's just uh, the movie at times made me even uncomfortable with things that they presented. But it's just funny how they call that one a coming of age and it's something else. 
So, you know, it's always this question about the discussion of sex and sex education in America, I guess. And now we can even talking about we can even talk about how does that work in black America? Because even in America, we don't as a whole, you look at every place over overseas, they don't have issues of quote unquote issues of sexuality. Now, you know, I'm not trying to really be politically correct tonight. I'm just, you know, saying just it's not that I'm being empathetic, but, you know, I don't really have a lot of time for that because I want to bring my dad in, too. You know, but we talk about building wellness in a healthy community, right? So, again, what do those things look like? What does it mean to be healthy in our community and having these discussions of sex in America and in Black America? So, you know, how are you staying connected? I talk about one thing I've been consistent about, you know, always asking, how are you adapting during this COVID? You know, how is education changing for your children or for you, you know, or both, your job or whatever? What are you doing to make things work? What's something you could pass on to somebody else that can help them out? These are the things we need to talk about, the things we need to share, the things we need to discuss. You know, how many kids are still missing from school right now? I wonder. I can't find that number. I bet you there's a bunch of kids missing. At least 25% of kids here in the Chicagoland area just can't even get registered because they still don't have proper equipment, right? So those are the ones that want to go, but they just can't do it right now. But what about the ones they don't even want to bother with the attempt and have the ability to do that? How many of them are just ain't even logged in? These are the things that we, I think, need to talk about. The things, you know, we, we can discuss. And again, the chat room is open for you. Uh, you can, you know, share your thoughts that way too. You know, but how are we dealing with these changes in America now? You know, speaking of COVID, speaking of COVID, I know you all see and hear these numbers all day, but again, this is a realization of what we live in right now. We need to be aware of these are the numbers they're presenting. Or rather, conspiracy theorists or what have you, and the numbers are just uh, more drama Hollywood bullshit. Okay, maybe it is. But it's very interesting just to see these numbers still for what they are, especially after we passed 1 million people who've died so far (laughs) worldwide. So currently worldwide, we're at 36.3 million, which is um, up 2.3 2.3 million from last week. Uh, so 300000 more. 25.3 million have recovered. So the numbers are pretty still consistent as far as the increase a week. Now in the United States, our numbers um, have gone up. Of course, of course they've gone up. They've gone up every day. We're at 7.58 million, 7.58 million. So that's about an increase of 280,000. 280, you can just round it off to 300,000 from last week, which is pretty consistent. It was averaging somewhere between 300 and half a million. So the numbers are still high as hell. 
And then the CDC is talking about it's airborne. But, I mean, if you're wearing a mask and you're taking care of yourself, you know, you just keep doing what you're doing. People laugh at you when you're at the airport and you got your shield and your plastic on. <laughs> but two weeks later, you know, you still like, ha, they're like, oh, I'm not feeling well. Y'all take care of yourselves out there. Uh, like we say before, the only thing for evil to, the only thing needed for evil to win is for good people to do nothing. You know, take care of yourselves out there, man. Um, yeah. Again, five one six four five three six zero nine four. Wow, this timer is running by really quickly. I mean, not quickly, but actually running really well. We're at the seven thirty mark, we're at the thirty minute mark here. Um, it's like right on time. Um, I want to keep a segment going here. One of the things, another thing we like to keep consistent with the greenhouse effect, um, in addition to supporting wellness, mental, physical, spiritual health. And, um, I think we should also offer opportunities to support each other, you know, saying financially, um, begun uh, the Wealth in America series. I want to start spreading and sharing information and knowledge about investing and banking and money and numbers and how to make money work for us and not just some quick stuff. We, you know, I don't think the world is that bad where we need to hurry up and get the money and run. You know, I still believe quick money and good money. You know, but that's that's just me. Um, I think there's still a lot to be learned. There's still opportunity for us to learn and to um, to grow. You know, so I wanted to take this segment that I call the power of your effects segment, and in this segment, an opportunity to promote um, promote and support opportunities in businesses. Now, our first segment uh, was with Brother Milton Patterson uh, with his barbershop out in Madison, Illinois. And tonight, we're introducing uh, what's coming up this Saturday, this Saturday, October 10th. And this is an online event. And it's free to register. It's free to attend. Everything is free. Well, just about everything is free, right? So this Saturday, it's called the Bio Boot Camp. Um, Some of the most um, foremost, if you will, um, industry leaders in health and wellness, like 25 or more speakers and leaders in, in health and wellness will be covering everything from mental and physical health, uh, the spiritual and business, financial wealth, very similar things that we talk about here every Thursday. You know what I'm saying? So uh, this is called the bio boot camp, the bio boot camp. Um, they got easy health and fitness methods. Um, they got this biohack weight loss. I see you cuz what's good, right? Um, easy health and fitness methods, biohack weight loss, anti-aging, a healthier lifestyle. Ray, you might like this. Um, you can register for free, biobootcamplive.com. And this is this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 4, Central Standard Time. Uh, and this is, from, this is from our brother, Nolan Davis, our tribe, Nolan Davis. Uh, he's one of the hosts. And in this event, he's going to, you know, y'all know, if y'all know my tribe, y'all know my tribe, right? Nolan Guinness, world record holder type brother, 
you know, he's got something coming up. And what it is is that he's offering his book for 99 cents. So like I said, not everything in this event is free, but you do get an opportunity to get his book, which is um, going to be, it's a lot of surprises to this. It's just not your typical book. Um, Very interactive, but I'm not going to give away all the, your digs, if you will. It's very cool. You know, and this is, this is tribe. But again, check it out, though. Really, it's good for everybody. It's an opportunity for us to grow. Uh, so, again, it's the things that we've already talked about here on the show, on Wednesday shows, on Thursday shows, on, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> check it out. Bio Bootcamp. BioBootCampLive.com. Um, I'm going to give you all the break here because I'm really on fire tonight. I really feel like I can talk for like two hours. Well, maybe another hour. Yep, that's it. Thank you, Ray, for typing that in the chat. Those that's in the chat, that's it right there. Thank you, sir. Bio Boot Camp Live. Yep. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to uh, take a, a about a one and a half minute, maybe two minute break. I uh, forgot to grab my water. I have a house guest. I have a guest in the studio. I got a guest in the studio tonight. Um, I have a, a canine friend that um, that's visiting me. So um, I was taking care of the dog, Messi, Messi, like M-E-S-S-I, the, the, the football, football player, Lionel Messi, soccer player. So, yeah, I was taking care of the dog. I forgot to get me some water, and I'm a little parched already. <laughs> Multitasking, baby, multitasking, but it's a fun night. So if you all just give me, um, you know, like I said, about a minute, minute and a half, um, and I'll be right back. This is the Greenhouse Effect Radio, only on Blog Talk Radio.
Okay, I'm still not hearing anything. Okay. Well, I sure don't want to start talking because I might start cussing, but I'm not hearing anything at all. All of a sudden, deep. All right. I'll go off and come back. I heard I was unmuted, but as far as I can tell, I'm still muted. I'm not hearing the show at all. Hello, hello. Okay, well, at least I know I'm not alone. (laughs) I see everybody in the chat room, but I'm not hearing anybody online. Uh, let me let me say hello in the chat room. Mike, check one two one two. Ah, there you are. I wasn't sure hey. what was heard. I wasn't sure what was heard or what wasn't heard. But I didn't hear, I hear anything. You on, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you know, I'm gonna really shake my fist at my electricians that I pay high dollar to. They need to get this damn equipment straight. Okay, uh, but I see that everybody's chatting, so I'm assuming everybody can hear you now. Can you hear me? Hello. Yeah, yeah, can you, yeah. I was just checking because I made a joke and you didn't laugh. <laughs> well, maybe I did hear that part. <laughs> no. No, no, I just. I, yeah. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, so Ray, Ray's holding it down. Ray, can you hear us now? You said I went to feed my canine, and that was the last. Yeah, thing. I'm reading it. I'm in. I did get in the chat room. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yes, okay. I can hear. All right, outstanding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I, I said, don't know what we going. Yeah. I'm gonna get on these. I'm gonna get on these producers, man. Get my Thibodeau. Do your job. <laughs> High dollar. Yeah. So what's up, Wilfredo? Well, it's uh, another seven days, and we're still here. We're we're doing pretty well. So did you hear me when I called? Did you hear my new nickname for you? No, I didn't hear anything. Man. I'm just not oh, hearing. Oh Jesus! You, so let's man, just, that was some let's... good material. Okay, but let's move on. <laughs> Clock is ticking. So, yeah, well, it's, it's all right. We're good right now. But I called you the Lions historian. Ah, ah, yeah. Until Lions have historians, hunters will always be heroes. Right on, man. Yeah. <laughs> My man. Yeah. yeah. No, that that was worth repeating. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would like it. You know. Yeah, heck yeah. What nerve. That was, that was wonderful. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm I'm yeah. doing well. I'm having fun tonight. Um, I can tell. You know, I, don't I can tell. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, uh, I did some work in my office and cleaned my desk. 
and I was able to move some things and kind of open it up a little bit more. It's amazing. Um, I think you can relate, you know, just kind of open things up, and I just feel so much better. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people sometimes um, scoff at at certain uh, things that, if we really think about it, makes sense, you know, and there are certain things in our lives that are energy drainers and it's not always people, you know, um, energy drainers can come in many forms. And one of the big culprits, one of the big energy drainers, you know, is clutter, you know, um, clutter does a, does a, an amazing job of, of sabotaging, um, creative energy, you know, um, if it, and I'm sure a lot of people know what I mean. It's what happens when you, you know, like let's say you, you, you're looking for something that you know you just put it right over there, and oh, you go man. over there to get it, and it ain't there. <laughs> and you know, yeah. but you're sure it is. But now you know the obsession kicks in. Well, I'm going to find it, and you know, then the merry search begins. That's an energy drainer, and in, in, inevitably, what happens is once found. Now, what you needed the paper for, that creative moment is lost because the energy has been used up in the search. And so the frustration sits in, sets in. And, you know, that, that's just one form. So, yeah, you know, uh, some people call it feng shui, you know, and it's, and it's a free-flowing of, of energy that, you know, things like clutter um, just sabotages. So, yeah, cleaning your, you know, office is just like taking a shower, man. It just mm-hmm. um, removes okay. a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of unnecessary, you know, dross or energy. Um, that's, yeah, that's that's right a, on. Man. That's an awesome. That's an awesome share for the listeners out there. You know, especially yeah. those working at home. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, um, there's, there's this thing called serendipity and it's always a discovery of something that I had no intention of looking for as I was pursuing something else, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and serendipitous experiences are wonderful mind openers. You know, it, it's like um, our egos are just distracted enough. So our consciousness can take over and give us something that we had no idea we needed until we have it. And then we wonder, how could I have done without this? And again, you know, it can be something as simple as a a thought that changes our minds. It happens to us all the time, but sometimes we don't know what to call it. And all too often we give that power of enlightenment away by calling it coincidence. You know, another way we give power away is by calling a miracle coincidence. You know, we don't know enough about these things to discount them so quickly when all they want is to be recognized for what they are. You know, but it's the um, it's it's the struggle, you know, and it's the struggle of this particular corner of the world right now. I don't know if I agree with you about the idea that the rest of the world doesn't have, you know, sexual identity issues like we do. I just think all the world does, but I think we have kind of taken it to a, you know, to a, to a special kind of form. (laughs) You know, we have, Mm -hmm. you know, our sexuality issues are anchored in our shadow around sexuality, around sex, really, you know, and we're all messed up, you know, when issues of 
sex or sexuality come into play in our conversations here in America. You know, I mean, we're really, we're really a confused, very immature people when it comes to dialogue around sex and sexuality. You know, I mean, that's, you know, that's why, man, it's, I'm, I'm really fighting the resistance of going, going street because I really want to say how I really feel, how messed up we are. But believe me, it ain't messed up is the word I'm not wanting to use, <laughs> but I will. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you know, I was, um, but before I shift off into me, let me make sure if you're, if you're ready for that, you know, any, anything else you need to, you know, um, throw out there before I move into. Um, I, I rated this show PG 13. So you can let well, that's... words without here and there if you feel okay with that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to restrain myself, man. You know, you always keep me restrained in that way, and that's good for me. You know, because I think I let it go one week, Jack. <laughs> I don't, I don't need, you know, I, I can, I can, you know, uh, what did my man say in the movie Malcolm X? Uh, black men curse because we lack the words we seek, you know, so... Let me continue to seek other words. You know, cussing's a shortcut, and it's a saboteur of knowledge. You know, so not that I don't mind sabotaging my knowledge every once in a while. <laughs> <Because> sometimes, <laughs> man, you know, it's like cussing hits the spot. You know that. You know, I mean, it's cool to be, you know, and you know, to intellectualize, man. But sometimes, you know. Cussing sings its own song, man, that no other words can. But anyway, um, so so can I just kind of segue into a couple things? Oh, man, ladies and gentlemen, my dad, Bill Green, and a black view or perspective. I don't know which way you want to look at it. <laughs> a black's view of the news. And view why is there an black. S at the end of black? Because it's my view of the news. This is one black dude. I didn't call it a black view of the news because that would mean everybody. Well, it ain't black. It's a blacks with an S because it's Bill Green's view of the news. And not all news is news in the way that we know it. Some things take on its own form. And there's a couple things I wanted to hit on. You know, um, and actually, one thing I want to talk about right now, I really didn't even have any... Um, Aware, again, serendipitous. You know, I did not have an intention of talking about this. I was busy looking for other things, and my nephew stopped by to visit, <laughs> which is a couple bedroom doors down. <laughs> and you know, and he was telling me, "Hey, uncle, you got to check out this um, this show." And I've never been a fan of Blackish, but understand that was because of the very first show I saw. And I just never, I just didn't bother to check it out again. So when I heard that they changed the script and, and, and people were really digging it, I just, you know, I just never gave it a second chance. But he told me he really wanted me to check this show out, you know, and it was a two-parter. So I checked out the first part. I'm not going to lie. I'm not big on, um, on um, adult cartoons. So when the second part shifted into a cartoon thing, I just kind of turned it off. But I got what, you know, I got what I I think what I was sent there to get in the first half of Blackish. And 
And the show, you know, to, to, to kind of just move it along, paraphrase, and just throw my two cents interpretation in, uh, was about this young brother who was um, disillusioned in regards to the vote because he, you know, went to check his registration and found out he had been removed from the voter's registrar. And he was distraught by that. And it led to this dialogue that included, you know, a cameo of um, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson, who I really like, but I can't tell you why I like him, because most of the time I don't understand what he's saying, but I sure like listening to him. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, right on, man. You know, um, I don't know if you have people in your life like that, you know, that you just enjoy listening to them. You know, yeah, and they always get you a vote of approval. So mm-hmm. he was speaking to the um, to the TV audience, and it was like part of what this young brother was looking up. He came across Dr. Er- Michael Eric Dyson's um, the talk on the history of the vote, so to say. And um, he started out, well, maybe not started out, but I'm starting out at the point of um, – of him referencing 19, of 1776 and talking about at the time um, of of those who were the original signers of the Declaration of Independence that three quarters of them or 75 percent of them, you know, were slave owners. So you know, people might like me, people like me might say, yeah, okay, but that was the sign of the time, and not even think about it anymore. But to take a moment to pause and think, okay, three fourths of the signers of the Declaration of Independence were slave owners. You know, so these so-called slave-owning founding fathers, you know, these dudes who had little pickaninnies running around as they sexually abused female slaves while emasculating male slaves imposed limits on voting, which excluded black people, all women, and non-property owners. So when the first president was elected, only 6% of the population, you know, of eligible voters, of eligible voters voted, only 6%. You know, and then, you know, Dr. Tyson closed up his, um, his talk with saying something that I wrote down because I really liked it. He said, so we the people has never meant all the people, you know, and um, I think for lack of knowledge, so many of us hear this thing about founding fathers and immediately we go into our own imagination and let all these guys off the hook thinking that they were all about, you know, freedom for all, all the people. No, we the people has never meant all the people. It meant those select few, you know, those that weren't black, those that weren't women, and those that owned property. So the fraud, as I see it, the fraud threat isn't from voting, you know, as much as it is from the suggestion democracy is ruled by one person, one vote. You know, the Electoral College in the first place was designed to keep black people from voting. So, you know, when we when we get an understanding from 1776 to 2020, you know, again, still a very young country as we know it, not as those indigenous to the country know it. You know, we're still very infantile around this whole idea or, or what, you know, the news media calls the the um, American experiment. You know, this theme of democracy, you know, of all people created equal. No, it's really about, you know, all the founding fathers created equal. 
and everybody else having to fight it out ever since. You know, and and that's really, uh, to me, what's been driven home more than anything else, you know, regarding the great pumpkin or what you all call President Trump, you know, and um, his... His um his abuse of everything. And just wrap it up like that. Why why spend a whole lot of time trying to identify this thing or that thing? You know, now he's yeah. he's a total he's a total abuser of everything. And he can he can do it because none of those who profess confidence or belief or trust in the founding fathers ever thought somebody like him, you know, would be able to take advantage of the privilege that the founding fathers extended to those like them, you know, and as far as this dude, the great pumpkin is concerned, he fits right in. So it's interesting to me that, um, that dude, you know, has told the public that he contracted coronavirus. Well, first of all, I don't believe he did, you know, and, you know, I'm not really a conspiracy theorist like you are my man, but, um, (laughs) I, I I do believe there's there's a conspiracy behind this, and and I preface it, you know, but I think he just faked the virus, you know, and I think he faked it to push a fake cure, you know, mm-hmm. to get the attention off of his failure with handling the epidemic in the first place, you know, and um, makes him, you know, in his eyes and the eyes of those, you know, um, faithful followers, you know, as being this, um, you know, this this wonderful hunk of man, you know, this glorious piece of manhood, you know, who not only stood up to the virus, but beat it back, you know, and was willing to put his life on the line by taking these experimental drugs the whole time. You know, I think, and and I just found out today that all of the doctors at um, at Walter Reed Hospital had to sign a a disclaimer or whatever they call it, a a non-disclosure clause. So that's why they're not talking. They had to sign a non-disclosure. I didn't know you could do that to the medical field. I thought the medical field already had confidentiality issues in place, but I thought with the president, it was you know it was a requirement that the people know the president's health because of this unbridled power, you know, that the president has in the first place. And you know, I mean. We don't want Mussolini running, although we do have Mussolini running the country. We don't want to have Mussolini that we're voting for. But, you know, that's even another point. You know, no matter what this guy has done, no matter what he's denied doing, he still has up to 44%, up to, you know, 44% of the American population, you know, um, behind him. Now, you know, some numbers just kind of, speak its own truth. Like over 30% of the people approve of Trump's handling of the COVID-19. Now you gave numbers earlier, you know, Mm -hmm. over 30% approve. Yeah. They say, you know, 70% of the people don't approve. Okay. But 30% do, you know, so your, so your numbers, you know, 200,000 plus people dying over 7 million having the disease that, you know, so what? So what did he say? It was just going to woo, 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 go away, you know, as soon as <laughs> it got away, hot, right. you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what if, you know, just because I think at that time just 15 people were, excuse me, were counted as having it. And so that 15 was just going to disappear by the end of the week. 
Nobody's holding his feet to the fire. Nobody. You know, not just the 44%, but the other 56%. Nobody's holding his feet to the fire. So he can say things like that and get away with it, you know. And over 35% feel like he won the debate last week. You know, it don't matter that 65% thinks Biden won. 35% think Trump won. First of all, what debate? <laughs> well, you know, the man, <laughs> he didn't do nothing but rant, rage, and lie. It wasn't, I mean, there was never a standard of debate that ever took place. So 35% of the people are saying they approve of him ranting, you know, yelling and screaming, acting like a buffoon, you know, while, while the rest of the world just shook his head in amazement and disdain that this guy is supposed to sit in the highest seat of the land could behave that way, you know. But 35% of the people felt that behavior was reflective of American society. Man, that's, you know, that's that's scary. So, you know, that, you know, that little bit I just wanted to, you know, um, throw out there, you know, as far as the show Blackish and as far as, you know, the Great Pumpkin and, and what he's all about. Um, and for that matter, even the uh, debate last night, you know, between um, Dracula and Kamala, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I can't help it, man. That cat looks like Dracula to me, man. You know, I mean, like, yeah, I'm not surprised evil. that the, I'm not surprised, surprised that the, the fly found a home, you know, flies, flies know shit when they smell it, <laughs> you know, so it not surprise me at all, you know, and my man didn't even bother to shoo it away, you know, because he, you know, probably felt, oh, yeah, you know, my buddy, the fly, strange, man, but I mean, like, um, again, you know, watching the debate but still torn, you know, between watching it and wanting to enjoy history at the same time, you know, and, 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 and still being distracted by the BS, you know, that made, you know, that the enjoyment of it all even that much more difficult, you know. So that's what I got on that, man. Questions, thoughts, comments, complaints, anybody in the queue? Anybody wanting to holler at us? What's up? What's up? You know, uh, no. Um, just as a reminder, though, since you asked, for those that are, are listening on the phone, if you do want to chime in or anything, just press one on your keypad. Um, last rate, <laughs> Ray says it's hard to find good producers worth their weight. Yeah, so thank you for supporting my not-so-funny joke. <laughs> but, no, we're oh, good. Man. We're, <laughs> All right. I, I, I didn't even. I didn't even. Oh, there it is. I didn't even see that. Yeah. Okay. I see it now. Yeah. Yeah. I find, yeah. It's hard to find good help these days. You know. <laughs> you know especially when but, the help is supposed to be, you know, the lead, right? Yeah, man. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> you know, definitely a, a a reminder to the audience because because like I mentioned before, we do want to give you all the opportunity to respond as well and. I know y'all are tired of hearing about that dude all the time and uh, like to have different perspectives on things, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, and it may be comments people want to make about the debates last right. night and last week, you know? I mean, um, there, you know, there, it, it, it's, 
you know, it it's for me it's always tempting just to keep talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean like uh what a what a wonderful avenue. You know, and of course doing it with you makes it all the better. At the same time though, you know, um perspectives always help direction. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure we can always, you know, provide each other with that, you know, direction because we're pretty much you know, we're on each other's side. <laughs> so, you know, we, we kind of, you know, we're already giving each other our stamps of approval, you know. But, um, you know, it, it perspectives always help, you know, with, a, with you know, with a clarification of direction or an adjustment, you know, or a change even, you know. Because um, maybe we're just a, maybe we're just an audience of two, <laughs> you know, and everybody else is wondering, Okay, when is the real show going to start? <laughs> yeah, so um, I don't know. Um, but if you don't have hey, anybody I, on the queue, go ahead. Um, no, they're, they're they're chiming in now. I guess I guess you you, you struck some chords on them. But you know what? I, I'm just tripping. Um, I'm like, why was this dude even allowed to go to the debate in the first place? I don't even understand the logic sometimes. Of what's going on? The whole okay, which dude you talking about? Trump or Pence? Pence. The whole White House okay. has COVID, yeah. right? right? Right. The whole right. the whole staff, everybody, everybody. So how does he not have it, or how does he even get to go to the debate? You know, in the first place. Well, first of all, you're looking for logic. <laughs> so so you're already, you know, you kind of messed up, you know. And you're trying to make you're trying to make sense out of it. You know, well, okay, good luck with that. You know, I mean, at some point you got to realize, man, that you can't out deny denial. You know, never underestimate the power of denial, man. You know, I mean, like I look at the president and all those Look at him as the head of a dysfunctional family, okay? Look at him as the drunk of a of a dysfunctional family. And think of Pence as the enabler. And then think of rest of America as having to fit into certain groups of of the children. You know, like it's easy to, you know, to place black people, you know, cuz we're the we're the black sheep of the family. So that's easy. You know, but then you know, you got to look at you know, where did the rest of the groups in the American family fit in this um, dysfunctional family system? So you look at those 40% that um, support him no matter what, they're the heroes, you know, and, and they're the ones who, unbeknownst to them, they may not themselves be drunks, but they carry all the characteristics of the drunk. So they're overachievers. They can never be satisfied with whatever it is that they do. They're always um, still thinking that, Whatever they do is not enough. I'm not talking about his biological children. You know, they're the lost sheep. You know, you, you can't. You know, they're they're um, they're, they're totally um, totally maturated into their own um, confusion. You know, and and they have a distorted reality that results from suffering from um, what we used to um, refer to as cocaine babies. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, so. You know, you won't be able to find anything healthy in an unhealthy circumstance. 
So when you're trying to use logic to explain illogical behavior, then you're trying to use common sense to explain away denial. And denial in its, in its, in its simplest form is either the inability or refusal to accept the obvious. And, of course, inability would suggest some mental disturbance, you know, or refusal, you know, would just reflect so being so wrapped up in the way I am that I've convinced myself that the way I am is the way to be, you know. So the inability or refusal to accept the obvious, and what is the obvious? It's not that 40% of the people approve of you. It's that 60% don't, you know. Well, you know, for him, no reflection of him. That's a reflection of us, you know. So I don't know if that helps you or not, man, but... um Forget logic, no, I, and it, you, you know you you'll rest better at night. <laughs> that 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 seems to be the case in a lot of things that's happening right now. Um, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, uh, man. You know, even yeah. the snake struggles the most after its head's been cut off. You know, mm. so um, yeah, this is this is this is this is madness in its most dangerous form. You know, because it's the headless snake that is just whipping around and just. Whacking anything that gets close to it, <laughs> just table. knocking everything yeah. off the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, tails yeah. is going yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, just you know, <laughs> and, and, and it don't care. Gone. Yeah, it's a record care. collection. Gone, <laughs> gone, man. You know, my finest china. Gone. Yeah, yeah. Gone. Busting up everything. <laughs> And who that knows how long that snake is going to whip around. You know, go, man. Just go. You know, I mean, just snapping people's ankles. <laughs> Folks flying up in the air. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's, let's bring in a caller, man. That's hilarious. All right. <laughs> we, have a, uh, we have two callers right now, both of which you'll, you'll recognize. Uh, First one here. We haven't heard this brother in a while. Good to see you, man. How's it going? What's good? Welcome. How you guys been, man? I've missed you guys, and that's my fault. Hey, there, oh, he <laughs> there he is. There he is. There he is. Okay, everything's so have, good, man. I have four question slash comments <laughs> that I want to get your guys' <laughs> take on. Hey, I've been I've I've been saving up, man. I'm not I'm not just gonna come with one little question. Man. I, no, I know, man. No, oh, Adam, I love it, man. You know, the inside joke, you know, is, is between me and Ray. And Ray, you know, Ray would have to explain it, but he talks about you and Will and how you all do each other, how you play each other. And, and you're the question man, and Will is the answer man. You know, we love yes, it, sir. man. We love it, man. Yeah, we Absolutely. It, man. I, I ain't got no answers, but I got a, I got a ton of questions. Yeah, that's all right. We don't okay. we don't have either one, but we got a ton of we got a ton of words. <laughs> okay. So so my first question um is with 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 the with the with the the snake flailing around with his head his head cut off. Yeah. Would the snake do more damage than a chicken with their head cut off? Yeah. Yeah, man. You yeah. ever seen a snake? You ever seen a snake? Recoiling, man. You know, no. see, all the chicken is going to do is run down the road. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that was my silly, stupid question. Okay, 
so no, my, my, yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm going with yeah. the snake on that one too. I got the snake yeah. on okay. that one. <laughs> my, my my more serious question or comments <laughs> are um, number one: Why haven't we heard anything about Melania? If she's supposedly <laughs> or she contracted the virus I'm as well. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, well, you no, mean you mean well, now for the I last four she, years? I, I believe no, she no. has it. I believe she has COVID also. Yes. So well, my question is, if if your wife, if you get COVID and your wife gets COVID and you have the best medical attention possible on the face of the earth. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't she go to Walter Reed with all the best doctors and everything as well? Is it she doesn't believe oh, her husband and and the treatment? Mm. Man, well, she she don't need she don't need that she don't need to get that right now. Uh, we oh know, okay she can she can just you know you know you know what that is we're just gonna hide her away right now we, we don't she don't yeah, need just to show wait. up nowhere for fourteen days. Way back in she the don't have it either. And Neither one of them have it. It's all just a ploy, man. And so the mean, last thing like they need been, is for is for her anyway. to show up. Yeah, come on, man. You know, but if, he, if we can't really we can't cover fight. up the lie if she's out here, you know, because you know she gonna she, mess around and and mess up her interpretation of the language. <laughs> well, she she doesn't say like the wrong either. <laughs> yeah, that's, see, that's what I'm talking about, man. So you don't know. <laughs> Yo, man, look, you're talking about a woman who's been holed up with him for four years. I ain't no telling what she might say. She might be saying, man, yeah, I got COVID, and he's at the hospital. Why would I want to go there? I got the crib to myself. It's worse than illness. Yo, no, man. Yeah, you know, finally got that fool out of here. You know, finally. I get to I get to talk I get to finally. talk my language. Let me call up my mama, and I don't got to go to New York to hide from him. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, man. Mm-mm. You know, so I could just Mm-mm. hang out in the church. Yeah, man. Right, I'm gonna put my feet up, like he said, speak my 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 native language. Right. Yeah, that's funny. You know, man. <laughs> Okay, I, so I can unlock next... my bedroom door for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> Take a shower with the door open, you know. Yeah, man. <laughs> man. All right, so man, my next while, question is. While that, while that dude is chasing whole picks, you know, that's why she got that dadgum thing, you know, man. <laughs> laying his so... disease paws on her, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh man, what's your name? <laughs> just, just to see what the other, just to see what the other side was. I turned on Fox News for about 37 seconds. Yeah. Okay. Um. And my question about that is that Trump was on, is I think it was Fox and Friends with Maria uh, Maria Bartomaloma, and yeah. This earlier this morning, Trump was talking smack about the Michigan governor. Right. Yeah. Right before they came out with all the charges and everything, like how, like what? And again, it's it's the whole you know kind of logic thing, and you can't you can't you can't try and rationalize with someone who's insane. But I mean, what the hell? So are, are you trying to say Trump's insane? Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's putting it kindly. You ain't lying. That's why I'm one. Well, that's why, why I'm you... asking. Are you trying to say he's insane? No, man. 
you know, let me ask you just for just well, let me ask you just for reference. Are you asking, you know, as related to the fact that all these thirteen people were arrested for their conspiracy to um, kidnap the governor? Is that yes? What you're making reference to? I, yeah, and you're oh, wondering absolutely. how he could be on TV this morning talking about this while this conspiracy was un, unraveling or un, uh, yes, oh, that you know that that he, yeah. he should have known about. Well, it doesn't matter. The person who should have been talking about it was William Barr. You know, that, mm. that's what his job is. You know, so, yep. you know, Trump can always say that nobody informed him. Okay. You know, but the guy who should have well, been that's... talking about it. Because know. they didn't draw him pictures. They had, they had like, actual words that he had to read. Yeah, well, you know, okay, that too. But, you know, I mean, so – Again, you're 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 you're, you're you know you're, you're trying to ask rationalize the irrational. Yeah, that would suggest that he has not been acting this way. That's consistent with you know. At some and point, he, he, the easiest way to talk about Trump is just to say, "Look, forget all this rhetoric. You know, the man's full of shit. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. You know, so whatever mm-hmm. he does, just give that answer. Move on to the." Just you know, like and all this talking and 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 like you know. First of all, he loves the attention. He it's like you know, it's like Don King said. There's no such thing as bad publicity, you know. Yeah. So as long as you you're talking about him, you don't have to talk about his issues. You know, let's just keep talking about him. Man. But I but yeah. I read. So, you know, it's, I, 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 so I, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Adam. Just. Um, let me just jump in here real quick. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. No, please. I, sure, sure, sure. I, I think that I think Tell that me to shut up. There's no, no. Think that you shut up, man. There's something that I, I'm getting tired of, um, and this is not really directed at you, Cuz. But this, is, you know, I, I understand. I understand what what you're asking and why you're asking. But it's amazing how we still continue to focus our energies on answers really that we already know. Now, how we come up with these answers, the way that they have processed and developed, I really don't care, but we most of the time have all come up with the same answer. You know, as far as why does he do what he do, it's all the same. Rather, it's bullshit or he's a businessman or he's not a politician or whatever it is. The thing is, is that he's done it before anyway. Mm-hmm. Nobody has mm-hmm. informed me, you know, and so they'd be like, well, what, you know, what is it? Fool me once. Fool shame me on once, me. Shame on me twice. Shame blah, on blah, you. blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's fool yeah. me once. No, it's, it's fool me once. Shame come on, on me. Come fool on, me twice. Dad, shame yeah. on me. <laughs> <laughs> there he yeah. is. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Cut you. Cut out the middle oh. man. Yeah. So then, so then. They've so been then. doing the same stuff. Over and over and over. Well, why? Well, I bet if they were a black person, or I bet if they were white, you know. You know, we got this situation with with Jonathan Price. We got this situation with Jonathan Price. Blasted by the cops. He loves white people. He loves blue. He bleed blue before black. All right? Mm -hmm. Trying to help people. Offered his hand, but when the cops showed up, offered his hand when they showed up. Taser blasted. You know what I mean? 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, oh, that's no. all right, man. Hey, no, hey, no, hey, no. how about if it how about if you keep Adam's mic open and just bring in the next person in the queue, man? Just, I, 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 I got this final question. I know he has I got well, actually I got I, like, I got two more and I I apologize and the two is probably gonna turn to another thirty, but Okay, well, why don't you hold on then, to the and two we'll, and just blend it into the next caller, man? That was, you know, I want to and then we'll bring in the caller. <clears throat> okay, so <clears throat> my other one was, and I, I read an article t- today about how Trump was 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 saying that Biden should fight that woman that's that's accusing him of sexual abuse. So, in one hand, he knows that a governor is going to be kidnapped and potentially killed and he's blasting her but then biden is being accused of sexual assault and he's like oh no you should fight her you should you should go after her you should do this and you should do that so isn't it kind of i mean that i mean you you know where you know where trump stands but it still yeah. seems like both sides of the coin <clears throat> at yeah. least you know to me you i'm saying but, i mean it's the same the same answer. I mean, the answers are right there. It, yeah. It's really simple. It really is. I mean, yeah, that's what <laughs> that's what he does. Just keep it moving. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, we could strategize on that rabbit hole. Yeah. You need a whole like a whole a whole show. You need to you need to get yep. your own show. You need a you need maybe you should have a political show. Yeah, I've been wanting to get your own show too. But anyway, I'm a, I'm gonna bring in the other caller. <laughs> okay. And I got one more one if you guys get a minute. Hey caller, thanks for holding on and uh, being patient with us as we would love to hear the power of your effect, sir. How are you tonight? I'm sorry, that was sir. Awesome. Good good evening, family. It is, sir. How's good it going? evening, family. Hey man. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for calling in. And you know, I not calling to add much other than to hey man, we it, it's not an audience of two. It it, it just may be an audience of four. Let's we started with that. <laughs> right so, on, man. <laughs> sort of preaching to the choir, man, and uh, yeah. brother Adam, he kind of hit off a, a couple of couple of good nuggets, <laughs> like. Reach down in me, man. Uh, particularly, you know, they went into, you know, protect POTUS at all costs when they shot him to Walter Reed, right? And that's supposed to be, you know, for the American people's benefit. I mean, actually, you know, the helicopter transport. It's the same as somebody if somebody shot at our president, Shinmode. And hey, it's it was for our you know, our tax dollars are for to protect him, man. So Right. I think they did, a, I think they did an amazing job. <laughs> <laughs> and they and they protected hey, they protect they, like they did us a favor. They 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 preserved our president. How's that a favor to us? Amen, <laughs> hey amen. Hey but hey, well, you know what? Yeah, I think amazing. I'd rather. It's I mean, amazing. I don't. I don't think I'm ready for President Pence. So no, no, hey. no. I feel you. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I'm not right ready for that. Yeah, man. 
Yeah, but no, Adam. I, I actually, I, that that saw, that stuck with me. The the first <laughs> when I saw the, I, I wasn't able to turn up the the audio. I was in a place. I'm like, okay, I'm reading captions. I'm oh, President Trump being uh, teleported to or teleported to wherever. <laughs> and the first thing I'm looking for is okay. Uh, and they and, and some of the captions said COVID or something, you know, whatever that was. And right. so I went, I went to the same. I said, well, okay, what are they transporting the family? Like, what's what's, what's the movie? Nah. You know, nah. it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing and and how and how you know okay Trump's like hey man this is a the milder version of 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 the flu you know you know hey look this is just a mild version of the flu and and look look how look how well I'm pulling through this you know and 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 by the way for the twenty million of you that. You know, I'm going to put a stranglehold on on your health coverage. Hey, no worries because it's, you're able to get through this. Because in my new plan, you know, every one of you Americans, <laughs> blessed Americans, you'll have your own helicopter. Each of you mm-hmm. will have doctors 24 hours a day at your beck and call with amazing medicine cocktails. Each one of Sign you, me up. don't worry about it. We can beat this. Don't worry about it. Don't, I got it under control because this is. I've always wanted a helicopter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the solution. It's amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. So sorry for my rant, Adam. Go get. You can get going on your questions, man. But you sparked something in me, brother. I thank you, brother. I'm, I'm I'm thinking, listening to you to you guys, man. Thank you both for for coming in tonight. Like I'm, I'm seeing the whole thing. Like he's he's being whisked away in the helicopter, and you know she's like left on the ground. Like <laughs> you know, like I'm out. I, I'll send I'll send the chopper for you later. You know, I'll never send the chopper. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like you you know what it is, man. And I and I hate yeah. to be I'm kind of contradicting myself a little bit, but in looking at Obama, right. And we can talk about politics and left wing, right wing, and you know, he, I still say Obama is still a politician. But you know, and then it's about leadership, right? It's about how our leaders present it, right? How are we represented? Dad just mentioned that earlier. How are we represented? How are we seeing, you know, in front of the world? I bet maybe Obama wouldn't have the whole family in the helicopter with him, but I'm sure you would have heard something about the family. You know, you know what was up with them. Like you said, you guys looking, you don't see nothing about her, right? Yeah, you don't see nothing. Yeah, man. Right. Yeah, that leadership, man, and that's that's, and then you see it. I'll I'll send I'll send them for you. I'll think of you while I'm getting better, and you, you know. Come on. We only got yeah. we got we only have enough room for one, so you you can you know right. you can you can hold on to the skids of the helicopter. But don't think I'm not gonna try and I'm I don't think I'm not gonna try and you know stomp on your hands so you fall. He's definitely he's definitely not the dude that's going to get up and offer somebody their seat on the train. No, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. All right, so now I have three more questions because I just keep oh, thinking okay. you guys keep you guys I, keep talking almost, and you just you, I almost use profanity. 
All right, before we get into your questions, I want to do one other part I I had um, signed up to do, so hold your questions for a minute. I want to um, talk a little bit about The Hurricane, a movie that came out in 1999. I had talked last week about Just Mercy, and um, um, and 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 it's and the reflection of its circumstances of the time. And I said last week that I was going to spend a little time dissecting, you know, a Black's view of the Hurricane um, movie that came out in 1999 that starred Denzel Washington. Um, I don't know, you know, um, if any of you saw it or not, but it talked about the story of Reuben Hurricane Carter. Reuben Hurricane Carter was a middleweight um, number one contender, you know, for boxing, um, for the boxing belt. You know, and and you guys probably, you know, are too young to have ever seen him fight. Um, But he was a hurricane in the ring. You know, he was a middleweight, so he probably weighed about, at his peak, probably about 100 you know, 55, 56 pounds. He was 5'8". And, um, you know, he was a number one contender when he was arrested for uh, and wrongly convicted for a triple murder. So, you know, the movie in itself um, took place in 1967. So right away from me, it's a matter of reflecting on what was going on in 1967. And um, for most, um, of, of the generations right behind me, you know, the, the 60s, again, gets distorted, you know, over a very short period of time of history. And things like Just Mercy or themes like the hurricane get lost in the significance of the time. You know, the 60s was a turbulent time, but not a past time. It's a consistent time that just like, you know, um, body cameras and the Internet, So, you know, that statement that you made earlier, Will, really gives reference to, you know, the reality of the quote, you know, that until lions have historians, hunters will always be heroes. You know, so again, you know, because we're not writing the stories of the 60s, we don't get them until, you know, the 21st century. So a lifetime has changed, has passed by since 1967, but I was 20 in 1967. So my consciousness had already been formed by American society over my previous 20 years. The values of the society, the treatment of black men in the society, of black people in in general, um, and the abuse of the political system, the the, uh, criminal justice system, and of course um, law enforcement has not really changed. So to see it all manifesting again, movies like this strike a chord for me, you know, a reminder of a time that really is not that long ago. So having been convicted of this triple murder, he wound up serving 20 years in jail, 10 years of which was spent in uh, solitary. You know, um, so if you see the movie, you see, you know, the drama highlighted around um, this young black boy, Lesra uh, Martin, who was um Ill- he was illiterate he was a functional illiterate for all practical purposes so he couldn't read you know at 13 and this group of canadians that you know had this cause that they had taken up he became one of their prodigies you know and so uh, with with it's with Lesley Martin's father's permission and mother he was taken to canada 
you know, um, to live with in, within this commune. Now, in the movie, it's three people, but in reality, it was 12. And, you know, this um, commune was um, self-sufficient in how they supported themselves. And, and they educated him. An experiment, sure, but nevertheless, one with a good heart, you know, because they recognized in his illiteracy, you know, there was genius in there. And they just felt with their tutelage they'd bring it out. So his very first book that, you know, he uh, was drawn to not being able to read, it was just the cover of the book that attracted him. And it had uh, Reuben Hurricane Carter's picture on it. And um, it was um, the title of the book was The 16th Round, From Number One Contender to Number 45472, you know, which, of course, was his um, prison number. Prison number. And, um, and, and so... The movie reflects on, you know, Lesra's, you know, ex- relationship with um, the hurricane as it developed, and three Canadians, Sam Charlton and Terry Swinton and Lisa Peters, you know, two um, males and one female. But it's also about John Artis, you know, that get lost in the movie. John Artis was arrested with um, Reuben Carter, and... All John Artis had to do was say that Reuben Carter was the trigger man. All he had to do was say, in fact, yeah, you know, I was with him, but I had nothing to do with it. And he, he, he did this thing that I didn't know he was going to do. All That's all John Artis had to say. But John Artis spent 20 years in prison, too, you know, because he refused to do that. And, you know, what um, – the hurricane acknowledged as a result of that that the true hero of his story was John Artis, you know, um, for just what he did. So anyway, or what he wouldn't do. So the movie goes on and it talks about police corruption. It talks about the corruption of the courts and, you know, the conspiracy, which is, was not an uncommon conspiracy of um, unlawful, you know, um, incarceration. Um, but the, the points of it, you know, are the points to me that are missed. You know, the the this young black Ill, so-called illiterate man, uh, young man who you know is, you know, t- is swept away from his his ho- life of poverty in in Brooklyn. That you know, you can almost bet that his life was probably going to be cut short, or he was going to wind up, you know, incarcerated. But the sequence of, of the miracle of divine intervention that these Canadians, for whatever their reason, you know, picked this one black boy out of, you know, how many in Brooklyn, you know, snatched him out of the uh, bowels of, 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 um, of, um, of poverty, educated him in Canada, and the first book he would pick up would be Reuben Hurricane Carter's book. And that was the book he learned how to read from. And he was so taken by the story that he told the 12 in this commune that what they did was worth anything. They had to take up Reuben Hurricane Carter's cause for freedom. And for the next seven years, that's what they did. You know, with with Lesra, you know, in in tow, you know, they moved, you know, in fact, to um, I think it was New Jersey and um, took up the cause. The cause that folks like Bob Dylan and Muhammad Ali, the Pope, you know, a whole lot of folks got involved, but um, it still, you know, never found fruition. Now, the the the, the hurricane was released, you know, um, for for a year while the trial was being um, 
was going to be retried. He was going to be retried. And everybody thought, you know, in the retrial, he'd be set free. That was in 76. So he'd already served nine years. And, but in 76, the, the courts upheld their decision. So he was, I don't know what it feels like to be wrongfully convicted anyway, but what must it feel like to be set free for a year only to return, you know, still knowing that you're innocent, but now having had a taste of freedom, being shack, reshackled again. So, and wasn't that the after like them, a number of different appeals? Like he went through like four, five, six appeals and just kept getting shot down. Well, it wasn't that many. But uh, the point okay. you know, of appeal was that in the end, it, it took him back into prison. So every appeal that was done after that, you have to understand the way the system works. And the way the system works is that you don't get unlimited appeals. And at, at some point, it was three um, times that his case was heard again, and three times it was not reversed. So, yeah, you can, you know, you, you can hear what, what the corruption of the law is, and that's cool. But my point is about how all of these different lives, you know, that none had any commonality, how they were all drawn together by this one fact that is my whole point about even talking about it. The brother wrote a book, and he wrote a book in prison, and he wrote a book about his life. And he wrote a book that touched someone who couldn't even read, a young black boy who was living a life of poverty, who was whisked out of that circumstance to a place in Canada to live with 12 Canadians who taught him how to read. And the first book he read was the book written by this dude in prison, you know, who told his story. It was an autobiography. You know, that's my point right there. You know, and until lions have historians, it's the hunters who will always be the heroes. So if we're mm -hmm. not telling our story, who is? You know, this is what gets lost. You know, and I'll tell you, you know, what gets me so cranked. Oh, oh before, you know, before I go off into my further rant, understand that that was one of the three books that Carter wrote. You know, and eventually, okay, the second book was Hurricane, The Miraculous Journey of Reuben Carter. He wrote that in 2000. And then the last one he wrote was Pass from Darkness to Freedom. You know, now the Pass from Darkness to Freedom was written in 2013, but the foreword of the book was written by Nelson Mandela. Mandela. Mm -hmm. And when, um, when Reuben Hurricane Carter wrote The Pass from Darkness to Freedom, I got to do, do the brother justice because when you look at that book, it's written by Dr. Reuben Hurricane Carter. He earned, you know, he earned his, um, he, he, well, some people wouldn't say he earned it, but he got two degrees in criminal justice you know, that um, were honor, honor, honorary degrees. So however, whatever honorary means, y'all have a cousin out there who, who teaches, who's a professor at UConn who told me you have to do exemplary things in, in society in order to gain an honorary degree. So I said, you mean me writing dysfunctional by design ain't good enough? <laughs> no, you, you, got, you got it. You got, the honor, and, you got the honorary Adam degree. No, 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 no. His, his answer was 20 seconds of silence. <laughs> so, that's all right. That's a, you know, this ain't a joke. This ain't, you know, this is just a, a you know, I ain't, I ain't looking for any levity or anything. It's the point of realizing what the miracle of this man's life, but the point of it that I really want you all to really embrace, to consider, to take 
in, you know, is the value of your story is wasted if you haven't put it on paper in some form. Yeah. You need Wait, say, say that, to let say that one more you, time. Uh, forget, forget, I'm sorry. forget what I you know, just interpret it any way you need to. My point is this. If you're not telling your story, who is? Who are you leaving your story to tell? You know, yeah. I would suggest yeah. that you need to leave facts of you behind. Else your story okay. inevitably will be forgotten. And here's the problem of our circumstances black men and, you know, black women, but I know best about that, which I know the most about. So I know a lot more about black men than I do black women. You know, our story is the script that is missing from Hollywood. And there's too many people, you know, like this, um, what was this brother, Thomas Jefferson Bird? Is that his name? You know, my man from Bamboozle, yeah. Honeycutt, yeah. you know, just yeah. mowed down, yeah. you know, mowed down yeah. in, in, in Atlanta, you know, and it's like, you know, he made it to the screen so his, you know, his biography will be realized next year when they do the the um, Oscars, and he'll be one of the names of those actors that have come and gone. You know, the, the, the value of our story cannot be underestimated. But if Reuben Hurricane Carter had not put his story to pen, the brother would have died in jail. Yep. You know? yeah. So that's the point of me t- talking about him, man. And he died in... Um, and he died. He died in um, uh, 19, um, I'm sorry, in 2014. And he died of uh, prostate cancer. So I think he was, what was he? He was uh, 53 plus 14, 67, 63. No, he was 77, 76, something like that. You know, And that was um, a great movie. Well, it just won a couple not, Golden Globes. I mean, not even the movie, Award. but just. Yeah. It won a it couple was, Golden was, Globe Awards, which most people wouldn't even give any value to, and that's too bad because, you know, the movie in itself, again, yeah, a movie, but more than that. See, here's another situation. You know, we um, we leave our stories to be told by Hollywood, but it's always after the fact. It's only one yeah. time I know that, 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 that Hollywood got tricked, and I forgot her name, and I apologize for that. But one of the hidden figures in the movie, Doris Johnson, I'm not sure what her name was, but she lived long enough to see her story told, you know, about being one of the four black women who had so much to do with with uh, America reaching space. You know, she, it was almost like she said, no, I ain't dying to y'all tell my story, you know, and, um, you know, that, you know, that is, it is something that we need to realize, you know, and so, this last thing I want to I want to say, but you know because I'm the co-host of the show, I can go ahead and say it whether y'all like it or not, and I'm going to take the time to say it. You know we can talk about like we have we can talk about black inventors and it's like oh yeah that's great and we can talk about many of the accomplishments of of black people after the fact. But see until these stories reach our educational systems. You know, we'll never have the appreciation like the rest of American history does. See, we take everything else that we hear and everything else that we see, everything else that we read about, and, you know, because it's what we've seen and conditioned to accept as being of value, you know, all our lives, we just, you know, we we just, we absorb it into the reality of who we are in America. You know, so it's not like stories of black heroes are supposed to make us all of a sudden, like, change the course of history. No, the point is 
we should be so used to hearing black stories as we are used to hearing white stories. It's not like it's supposed to all of a sudden cause the presses to stop and everybody has this newfound reality now. You know, one out of every two black kids are running for president. No, it's just that it should be so ordinary that it's not, you know, super ordinary. You know, but that's what American history robs Americans of, understanding the true value of black history as parallel with white history. So that's all I got, y'all. Wow. Hello, that's it. Nothing else? Edifying, I love you. Edifying. Amen. You have uh, any 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 thoughts on on the next um, the next review? Anything next no, week? Yeah. No, no, I'm working on it. <laughs> no, you know, it it it'll you come. Know. You know, it'll come. No, that's, that's yeah. Can I, I can I chime in with my with my with my next thirty seven questions? Um. Yeah, I can always press the mute button. You have a question, or did you have a comment? Wow. <laughs> Nothing but love. No, uh, questions and, and, and questions well, we slash comments. We got 10 minutes. We got 10 minutes and not even that because the wrap-up is going to take five. So you want to throw something out there, man. That, that's cool, and we can play with that for a couple minutes. But we, we're in the home okay. stretch right now. <laughs> okay. First of all, thank you for thank you for the show, number one, but also thank you for the – for, for suggesting the the pen and paper because I had a, a, a ton of questions and I would have forgot them all if I didn't write them down. So I, I so I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about at the end of the first presidential debate? And I, I got to switch back to politics because I don't because that's where I want to go. Um, but the first presidential debate at the very very end when the spouses came up. And Melania came up, and Trump like patted her on the arm, and uh, Dr. Jill Biden came up, and she gave her husband a hug. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know we can read into all kinds of stuff, but is that isn't that just kind yeah. of just? I mean, other than just, I guess we no, know what pretty, it is, it's, but it's it's straightforward. We've seen their we've seen their actions with each other before. You see the way they interact with each other, and I mean, look at last night. I mean, like even last night, I'm glad. That Kamala's uh, Kamala's uh, was that her husband or whatever? Uh, he had his yeah. mask on. He saw that. He saw that pink guy from Dracula. He said, "Forget you," you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You know, body language tells a lot, and and it's yep. pretty easy to read to read their yep. body language. You know. Do you remember last week, Will? We talked about this very thing. Last week we talked about how for eight years you watched the president. The first lady, their two daughters, you know, mm-hmm. their their pets, their actions with community, you know, their service around yeah. the world, you know, being told, you know, to the public. For eight years, you saw a husband and wife, you know, interact. You saw their interaction with their children. You saw the first family. You know, you saw mm-hmm. them do things like grow things in the in the rose garden. You saw suggestions about, you know, diet and nutrition. You you, you, you you saw what it is to have your leadership model, you know, health, you know. And for this past four years, you haven't seen anything 
that reflects functional family behavior from the first family. You know, so anything done in segments, whether it's, you know, Pence and his wife or Trump touching his wife's arm or, you know, the the thing that y'all need to pay attention to is that you're not seeing anything that is reflective of a healthy family. You're not seeing it. So why expect to see it? You know, you can you can you can recognize it by what you don't see. So what you do see won't be such a big deal. You know, this yep. is this is this is dysfunction in its highest form. And for some reason and for some reason forty percent of Americans relate with that. What does that say about the health of families in America? You know, man. You know, we can turn it yeah. into a gossip show if we want. We can, like, you know, him and haw and, and ooh-wow and, and a little bit this and a little bit of that. But we can't lose focus of the, what, this, what this highest position in our society is supposed to reflect. It's supposed to be reflective of our values. You know, this is not a joke. You know, this is a travesty of... of 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 health mentally emotionally um spiritually psychologically you know man you know and this is the message that is sent around the world black people are already invisibilized we're and we're already a footnote and a oh yeah by the way and a parenthesis you know as far as american society is concerned so we're even less an object of recognition for this past four years. For a little while, you know, for a little while, we had a representation that some, to some degree reflected a consistent value of that which has depicted the people who, in spite the amazing thing, how did, how did um, Doc Rivers put it? It's amazing that what we do to show our love for this country this country does not love us back. You know, man, mm. that's what I yeah. struggle with every day that I see this idiot, you know, on the screen. Every day that I see a tweet or every day that I hear the, 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 the talking heads mention his name, I see how little people see me as a result of his idiocy. You know, what, but I've what been, do you, more, what do you see I've about been him? more invisibilized these past four years than I have for my for for sixty nine previous years, you know I didn't think it would be possible. You know this is this is a travesty. This is a joke. This is a sham. But more importantly, man, I've never felt so disregarded as I do. It's it's nothing that I can just whisk away with a with a with a cute joke. You know this is this yeah. is this is this is my death sentence being played out right in front of me and how indifferent American society is about it. What do you think about him bailing on the debate next week? <laughs> well, Adam, uh, we only got, I know I'm, like I'm sorry, five minutes left, but I'll, I'll tell you what though. Um, so we got less than five minutes left. Uh, and, but just to let you all know right now, um, I'm going to go ahead and set up a follow-up show for Monday. 
at 7 p.m. as well. So this coming up Monday, uh, Adam, I hope I know you have a previous uh, commitment, but hopefully you can chime in as well. But we're going to continue this discussion Monday, 7 p.m. Uh, I know Ray had put something in the chat room, and I didn't know, Ray, did you want to take a quick second just to share what you, what you stated? Because I felt that was pretty powerful, and I, and I think some other listeners need to hear that. Um, hey man, well it was in a, I, along the same lines of, of like you called Uncle. Uh, you know he's a he's a lion's historian, and, and it resonated with yeah. me, man. What you know? Yeah. What human? What human knows my life facts more than me? Why Amen. would I allow my facts to be written by someone else yeah. without my first person narration? Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen, man. Absolutely. You know that, that, that one note joke that note to, myself, note to self. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I'm, I'm glad. Amen. I'm glad. Pen and, I'm glad everybody got some pen and paper today. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Amen. Because everybody is taken. You know what I'm saying? This is all about you. You can't be nobody else. And so Amen. that's a great point. That that's a great point. We I think we need to look at. So you you got me thinking here about some new episodes or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Next week I'm gonna uh, take a look really... at Malcolm X. Cool. And on Monday, to piggyback, I know Adam Adam was bursting at the scenes, putting that out there, too. I know he on Trump. He got a whole crew of idiots with him, too, though. I'm saying that's the dis, that's the disheartening part. Yep. That they team yep. up. Pay, we pay millions of dollars of their salary to team up and come up yep. with stuff that he that he uh, follows through with. So that, that's yep. Monday. We'll, I'll be back in on Monday with that. Amen. Right on. Yeah, next Thursday, I'm going to do a, a look at Malcolm X, the movie. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I know uh, Adam was wondering about Wednesdays. We're not doing Wednesdays right now. So um, right now anyway. So Thursdays is the focus. Uh, and so Monday I want to come back with uh, the Who Moved My Cheese. Uh, we really didn't get a chance to talk about that. And I think between now and Monday, I want to challenge all of us to kind of have a chance to review Who Moved My Cheese. A lot of people apply that book when it comes to the workplace and having to be managers and stuff like that. But I wonder how many of us use this book and apply it to our household, especially now the way things continue to change. You know, stimulus checks are getting hold held up, and I know a lot of us are trying to figure out how to manage. You know, Dad and I have been talking about how do we adapt, how do we deal with this crazy, chaotic state that we're in. You know, so who moved my cheese, you know? Uh, and, again, the cheese is a metaphor for what you want in your life, Right. So, you know, let's maybe you all can review that by Monday. We can have a discussion and, and apply some things as well. I hope that sounds good. So that's uh, this Monday, uh, next week, the Greenhouse Effect. Well, you know, Dad be back with the black view, the black perspective. We're also going to talk about Malcolm X. I can't wait for that. You got me thinking about Saturday shows, Dad, and talking about, like, some books and stuff. I got some books sitting right here. Uh you know, especially in, in promoting other people to write their stories. So wow. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> but uh, until Monday, um, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for tonight. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Adam, for chiming in. Thanks, Dad, for all of your insight as well. Uh, again, follow-up show this Monday, Greenhouse Effect, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Next Thursday, we'll be back. Uh, Dad will also, again, we'll talk about Malcolm X. That's always a good, a good discussion. Uh, you all, please be safe, be blessed. Stay in the now, please, and enjoy and embrace, love each other. 
and look, give some positive focus towards the future. All right. As always, you all take care of each other and be safe. Have a good night. I lie here on the rooftop.